Blue Wire Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the Sunday crossover edition of the OBR Film Breakdown with myself, Jake Burns, All Eyes on Cleveland with Brad Ward. Uh, if you've not paid attention to my podcast channel feed, which maybe you do, maybe you don't, I have not had a pot up for a couple days. After some really long-winded earlier in the week and drawn-out thought process stuff, I just kind of wanted to take a few days away because it's kind of like everything that's been crazy about this offseason has uh, has finally settled down a little bit and we haven't hit the full-on OTAs and all of that stuff. So I wanted to just kind of unplug for a couple days. Still wrote a couple things about Jerome Ford and Nick Chubb and shotgun offense uh, run scheme variations and all that fun stuff. So that's available reading-wise. And I know Brad just put up today best available running backs uh, for you to check uh, check out uh, as well. So, uh, but again, I, I apologize. I really don't like to take multiple days off in a row. Every now and again, I'll take a day here and there, but I, I don't know, just didn't have the energy. And I tried to record a couple things yesterday. And when you start into them and you're like, this is terrible, I probably just need to take a day off. So what we're going to do is uh, starting for me, I, every Saturday on the OBR film breakdown, I'm going to do a weekend mailbag from now until the start of the season. So since I didn't join yesterday, and I didn't give anybody the um, necessary time to look into submitting questions. We're going to take questions from Ask the Insider, ones that, ones that have already been answered. So if you're a OBR subscriber and you you want your questions answered in a very you know uh, privileged way, which you deserve if you subscribe with us, uh, you have had those questions answered by some form of insider or expert. Uh, and and I just want to make sure that that's clear. But we're going to go through some of the ones that I think have been the best over the last three or four days and just riff through them and talk about what we think. Brad, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm tired. Uh, long week this week for some reason. But Who'd you uh, chat with Thursday? Uh, Quincy Carrier was on. How'd that go? Nice. It was good. Quincy was good. Uh, he's always good. And, uh, yeah, we just kind of we hashed out some – some stuff we talked about the running back thing. Um, we talked about you know all kinds of oh, a, quite a number of things. Should the NFL go to a draft lottery? All kinds of stuff. I like it. Should should they go to a draft lottery, Brad? Maybe NFL. No, I, we 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 decided no because and Quincy made a good point. Like in the NFL, if you're at like five wins. It would actually probably incentivize teams like that to lose at the end of the season to just raise their percentage of ping pong balls. Where like now, they it's the just worst try of the to, worst. They try to win, right? Yeah. So you yeah. would it would probably incentivize like teams with not like in the in the running for the final or the number yeah. first. Yeah. Where maybe it's three teams yeah. that are fighting duking that out in their own sort of passive yeah. way. Now you get up to like ten. Yeah, I yeah. get it. I'm with that. All right. All right, here we go. Let's just do these. We're going to riff through them quick. I don't know how long this spot will go. It might be short, might be long, whatever. Um, Tactical Bacon, what a name on the OBR here. So Tactical Bacon OBR <laughs> asked the question, is it possible that they slide Alex Wright to defensive tackle playing the three-tech of Dalvin as a shade and Apu backing him up? I feel like this D-line will be platoon based on weekly matchups short of another vet a defensive tackle. The room is set to play plug-and-play based on weekly matchups. So basically, long story short, do you think Alex Wright could play some in- interior snaps this year? That's the question for you, Brad, and I'll answer it on my end. Yeah, I mean, I think he, I think he can. I, you know, I've said this multiple times. I think that his best snaps last year 
which were few and far between, but his best ones I thought were on the interior. And, uh, um, you know, he's a big man. So, yeah, he can slide inside and do some stuff in there. And uh, I expect that they will use him like that at, at certain points. Good Lord, I'm turning can't find the device to turn off properly in here i'm sorry <laughs> the popular uh, man yeah <laughs> they, so he had 543 snaps total last year brad he had about 115 uh is more of an interior head up tackle interior type player so it's not foreign to him no no and i and uh you know he probably won't be I don't see him getting like a ton of snaps really anywhere unless he comes on in a way that we don't really expect. But yes, he can slide in there and play there. I don't think he's your first choice, but he certainly could take some snaps in there. He could. I think they can be adjustable here. I, I he's he's a big guy, man. He's every bit of yeah six five. He's listed at six five, and he is definitely six five. Like there's he's a little taller than Miles, and he's built up pretty well too. Two seventy. It's not totally impossible if they want to use him there and rush fronts and get creative inside i think it's a element to his game he should be willing to do should we sit here and say yeah plug and play him at the three good to go let's rock i don't think that's the case right no. i don't think anyone's saying that either i hope not now could he develop and like transition into a defensive tackle that's possible i think he's got the body type to put on a little bit of weight and play like 285 290 and have a chance to do it, but that's an entirely different world in there. I mean, it's just an entire not not rush snaps where you can just pin your ears back and go like yeah. really playing three tech against run fits and different stuff like that's not fun. It is grown man's work inside. You have to take on multiple guys every yeah. snap and that's not fun. So I think he could. We would have to see sort of uh, the question is, do I think they will? I don't think they'll transition him there full time. No. But they could slowly move him in that direction a little more. So I don't know. I, I lean toward I'm in between. Put it that way. I'm in between. I think he could do it, but I think they're still probably trying to figure out what they have on that one uh, more yeah. as an edge player than anything else. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, third downs, though, maybe every once in a while, certain situations, depending on how he how he's playing, right? Obviously, and then and I think Isaiah McGuire's development probably plays a role in what they ultimately do with him as well so agreed next question comes from greg 84 running back rumblings i know you just wrote on this today brad yeah the brown's interested in ezekiel elliott i i have a hard time imagining why they would be i mean i don't imagine zeke is playing on the veterans minimum deal i just cannot see him with his correct with his with a sense of pride doing that and what does he bring you that Jerome Ford doesn't already do at this point? Right. He's got, I will say this, he can pass block. He could be, yep. he could do some of those things, but I just have a hard time seeing how he's any sort of better than what everybody couldn't stand last year, which was the inefficiency of Kareem Hunt. So I don't really see the, the big draw there, but I'll, I'll let you uh, throw, throw your opinion into that one too, Brad. Yeah, I can't. I don't see it either. I wrote that. Uh, I would kind of be shocked uh, to see him be in the orange and brown, um, just because he's going to command probably the most money of anybody on the market. I would think, um, and he's not wor really worth it, in my opinion. To your, to your point, like you know, he's not the same back that he once was. He's very good 
pass blocker, pass protection. He's excellent at it, right? Um, and he's good in short yardage. But, I mean, we have Nick Chubb. So uh, I think you're looking for a different kind of back maybe uh, if you're going to add a veteran, like uh, J.D. McKissick or a Justin Jackson are the guys I like. Got it. Good stuff. Um, Zeke would surprise me. It'd be really just weird in general to see him in a Browns uniform. I, I don't, other than the the Buckeye angle of all that for people, I don't see why you would be inclined to crave that kind of decision. And it just, just doesn't feel like the direction they should be working toward at running back. So I, I, I wouldn't feel great about that type of decision. Next question comes from Daniel B. Baseball. Interesting name for a football website. Was the Darius Smith in the fold the only item left of the defense shopping list is a three-tech, which I would agree with that. Uh, I've heard both Shelby Harris and Matt Ioannidis mentioned as possible options. Which one's better? Harris is more of a run stuffer. Ioannidis is more of a get-after-the-quarterback type. Both have their merits. I don't know that I prefer one over the other. I probably lean Ioannidis. I, I say that, and then mm-hmm. I give a, a guy I prefer over the other. That's kind of typical me. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I would prefer a guy who's a bit more keen on getting after the quarterback uh, personally, and uh, Ioannidis is just such a seasoned veteran. I, I wouldn't, I would be more than happy with either of them. Uh, the, the pressure rate stuff, Ioannidis does a little bit better. They're both on a moderated snap count number, but uh, yeah, I, I, I would lean Ioannidis in this one. I think the money fits too. I, I wonder how interested they are. And you know, I've I've been wrong so far about thinking um, that they wouldn't do some things that they have gone out and done. So maybe they will. I mean, I, I put it at 50, 50 where in years past, I'd have probably been like 30, 70, that they were going to actually go out and solve some of these spots. that could use a veteran, you know, patch job. So I, I, I would just be tickled with either of those guys, but they also went out and signed these two Tristan Hill and Maurice Hurst. And maybe they think those guys are the answer. And that would continue to leave me thinking they have a blind spot at defensive tackle. Um, but you know, that's kind of all I have on that one. I would just really like them to go sign somebody, but we'll see. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I, I kind of lean towards Ioannidis. Is that how you say his name, right? Isn't that how you say his yeah, name? Is, yeah, okay. that's correct. All right. Uh, over Harris. They're the only two on the market that would provide any value over what you already have in there as far as a lot of, you know, shots with Hill and, and, uh, Hurst. So I think those are the only two worth going after at this point, because you could solidify that, that role. Uh, I think they should, I mean, you know, I just got done writing, you know, they have what, 7 million under the cap. Now they're going to get nine more after the first, or over nine more after the first. I mean, it's not, they still have money to spend if they want to mm-hmm. do it. So, um, and I think these guys guys could be had for not a not a ton of money. So, um, because of the snaps and, and the things you were saying, but uh, so yeah, I would love to see them do it. Um, I don't think they have to, but I would like to see them do it for sure. Next question is um, one. Let me see here if I can. Uh, filter it correctly uh john tyler asks about uh, taki taki any update when he'll be ready i again would be really surprised if he's ready near the beginning of the season i have yeah. i think he's a post bye week option to me like week six san francisco at home maybe around then that's it usually takes somewhere around nine to ten months to feel good enough to go and then 
Uh, it's sort of subject to how your knees are responding. So I, I don't think they want to rush him. And some of the signings they've made at linebacker tell me they don't want to rush him either. So I, I would think week six is about the target. I don't have any inside information on that. That's just uh, that's just conjecture. But wanted to answer the talkie talkie. And the next one's about uh, Jedrick Wills. Tiffin Dog 88 says, um, do we expect Wills to go back to his effort performance from his first two years? when the Browns are contenders and it looked like he gave a damn, or should we prepare to be a giant turd sandwich as he, as he played last year uh, at, at times is what he said. Um, yeah. He, he basically assumes that year three from him was a business decision because he felt like the Browns weren't going to be in position to win without the quarterback thing. So I don't, I'm not going to go there. I understand a lot of yeah. his questions off of that, which is, the guys around him, like Batonio Callahan, his coach, and um, some of those others being mad at him, disappointed, right? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if it was a know. business decision, but he's got a bad habit. He's got a really bad habit that yeah. he's got to fix. So yeah. I don't think it goes any further than that. Look um, for work. He needs to like th- th- that would solve ninety five percent of his issues. It really would yeah. if he would just finish plays and not just do his job, but seek out other jobs on top of the job he's currently doing. So, I again think that's a funny question that was asked there, but um, yeah, I-, I think the habit's been there. I don't think it's a new habit. Like I noticed it year one and year two. Maybe it was more obvious due to certain scenarios in year three, but I don't get the idea that it was. Uh, Something it really there, got so. yeah. It really got a light shined on it, it when Watson started scrambling around and he's just standing there, right? True. Like, uh, so yeah, I, I ne- yeah. Next one is Cordero Patterson, an option for the second running back role. He said, "I saw on Twitter someone putting him out there on a list of potential second running backs." Yeah, I saw. He's still question. under contract with the Falcons. Um, I have a hard time seeing them make a, a trade. I think it would be a, a really fun it would deal. Be fun. I, it would be fun. He would be fun in what I think they're going to do with their offense. I just don't know how desperate Cordero Patterson is to go to Cleveland um, based on where he played his college ball based on now. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe the Tennessee connection with Haslam will be a draw or something. I don't know, but uh, I, I fun player would be fun here. I haven't seen anything that just tells us whether that's, true or not and jack noted that he's making four and a quarter this year um so that's also prohibitive yeah that's what they're a lot to spend on that second running they're... back yeah but jack noted if he was cut it could make some more sense so so maybe you never know on those things or maybe you could swing a deal with atlanta where they eat a couple million of that or something to get back a pick but uh, the browns already kind of came off some picks in terms of range of selections does he want uh, out of there or what? I've not, what, I've not caught any. What's whiff the situation with their running back there? Well, they have the two now with Bijan and Tyler Algier. Like That's they are right. pretty right. dang set there. I don't know, but he might just want to be a return guy or something, you know? I, f- I don't know. I forgot about Bijan. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You can't forget about him. It's a pretty special yeah. player. Yeah, he is. I don't know why I forgot about it, but I did. That's uh, okay. The Falcons in general are pretty forgettable right now. So yeah, Cordero Patterson, our official stance is fun. Would be would be interesting, um, but uh, don't think it's going to ultimately happen unless he's cut. Good question here about Scott Peters working with the defensive line. I don't know if you know this, Brad, but Scott Peters is 
got this whole striking system, like uh, really big into where, you know, linemen are, are making the initial connection on blocks and uh, is, is really, really broken down pretty well. You can find this stuff on the web, his seminars, him and Callahan have done on the strike system they use. So, so somebody asked here, which is, I, I think it's, I'd rather be in Cleveland, but it's spelled really strange. I, so it's I D and then R T H R B in, in letter N C L E V E. So I'd rather be in Cleveland asked. I like uh, it. Is, is he willing or does he work with the defensive line too, because of that striking system background? I, I don't know. And Fred noted that he's never seen that before uh, on site, but it would be a heck of an idea. I don't see why they wouldn't want their defensive line to yeah. understand how offensive linemen are trying to, to, to hit them and, and also just work in the hand war, right? Like winning the hand wars are really, uh, you know, it's integral part idea. of that position. So I, I can't think we're the only ones to think that, or, or I'd rather be in Cleveland. It's the only yeah. one, but I, I would, lo- I would love that. I hope they would, or at least the coaches are sharing notes. Him and, and Ben Bloom's taking over the defensive line this year, uh, sharing yeah, some, we're giving him some help, right? It, at least uh, a little bit of time of like, Hey, here's what we teach our guys. So you guys know, or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. here's what we're showing them. Uh, an astute question from I'd rather be in Cleveland. I like it. I do too. Next question from again, I'd rather be in Cleveland. Did our D line suffer last year from bad coaching, which kind of piggybacks off of his last one. He said, I wanted to say this. I love what Jack brought to the website. Yeah, we get it. Jack's great. Whatever. <laughs> uh, Jordan Elliott, Perry on Winfrey, Isaiah Thomas, Alex, Wright, All suffered on the D line. In my opinion, along with the rest of the defense because of Joe Woods and Kiffin, uh, as well. Do we believe the coaching will make a difference? Miles and Schwartz both have implied that at least if this is with the case with Elliot, agree or disagree. I don't think we'll ever have that answer. I think a lot of people want us to know that stuff, and we just don't. I, I don't. I mean, I don't. And if the only way I would know is if if we tracked where guys have been and whether units have gotten worse or better. I, I don't. It's so hard to track like position coaches. And how much credit to give a position coach for certain guys' successes? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I maybe you think. I mean, I don't think Kiffin was very good. I thought Kiffin had a foot out the door. Yeah. When he tried to leave last summer, um, and then yeah. came back, I, I was peculiar all around that he left and then came back. And I mean, I don't get the vibe that he was doing a real home run type of job here, or he was super committed to being in Cleveland. I don't think he. I think he got out of here pretty quick too. So I, I don't think that it was a good fit, put it that way. So I do hope things with Bloom work out a little better there. And I I would say based on how things felt from a cultural standpoint in that D line room with what we saw aired out from Clowney and a lot of that stuff, that it just wasn't in a good position. So I, I hope that they can be in a better spot moving forward with Bloom because they need that group to be really good, Brad. Yeah, I was kind of <laughs> I guess I answered that question differently. I was thinking of more like Woods and Schwartz, right? Like, and and uh, I didn't. Maybe I missed that where he identified the two uh, in comparison. But yeah, I do like. You know, you've mentioned Ben Bloom before, and that you know, you th- you know, I'm totally fine with him being there. And we talked about coaching, coaching. But I think I answered that question in that. I mean, the scheme is going to ask them to to do different things. A uh, on the interior defensive line, 
um, with Schwartz, right? And B, I just think that Woods, one thing that I hope that we identify or see better and that I'm hoping that Schwartz will do better is is just define their roles better communication-wise. I feel like that was missing from the entire defense, but especially along that defensive line where if you get like Perrion Winfrey in his rookie year and he does one thing well, put him on the field and have him focus on doing that one thing well. And I think that in listening to Schwartz talk, he kind of believes in that same philosophy like, you know, if you can slash and create some havoc, then we're going to let you just worry about doing that and fill in behind you, right? So uh, I think they will have better defined roles here, and I think, yes, the coaching will make a difference. Good stuff. Next question comes from Optimistic. Interesting name. I like that. Why is there absolutely no mention of Maurice Hurst as a three-tech defensive lineman? I know he'd been hurt much of the last two seasons, and had that biceps injury. However, why is he not in, in any speculation as a potential fit this year? Could Barry be counting on the possibility of being a key rotational tackle? Um, he hasn't been very good since like 2019. And, and I, th- I actually think it was 2018 where he was a decent difference maker for the Oakland Raiders at the time. So it's been a while, man. It's been a while. I, uh, I don't think you can count on a guy who's missed this much time on top of the heart condition he already has like maybe if he comes in and plays really well sure i think you have to look at tristan hill as a bit more of a realistic answer here but i I really think they're going to give those two a chance i just don't think you should there's just there's a lot of ways that room could go there's so much unanswered from those guys it's a real open competition between like jordan and tommy and and uh perion and Hurst and Hill like I that's why I'm sort of I sort of lean away from thinking they're going to bring in another veteran I I don't they they might think that they have enough there to go off of and somebody will step up that's a bit what makes me nervous because you want a, 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 yeah. a bit more of a solid answer there but generally speaking like those two guys are sort of forgot but I don't think Maurice Hurst deserves to be a prominent piece of conversations right you know like I don't yeah. I mean, I think he's talented or he was. Um he just couldn't could never stay healthy, right? Like if he could find it again, he could I mean, there there's a non-zero chance that one, him or Hill ends up starting in week 1. I, you know, I mean, yeah. I think it's in the range of outcomes, so I don't know. I do too. Next question from Tommy Tommy Bo, Tommy BO. So we'll say Tommy Bo. Um Will David Bell make the team is the question. Yes. I don't see how he, I don't want to say never here, but I don't think he's in jeopardy. I think he feels like the fourth guy that that, that they would have in the unit, right? Like obviously Elijah Moore, Donovan and, and Amari are going to eat up 11 personnel snaps, but if they go through another full season without injuries, I'll be pretty stunned. So yeah. Uh, David Bell is making the roster. Uh, he was again not he was not a hindrance to what they did last year. He just didn't get the ball much. Right. His his tracking data for being open was pretty strong. Uh, so there's a chance he gets better. There's a chance he's forced onto the field because something uh, injury wise, knock on wood happens. But uh, yeah, I think he's going to make the roster. I, I don't think there's any question about that. He's going into year two. So yeah, I think that. Um... 
draft capital invested, what we saw, like you said, he wasn't an, a problem, and he flashed uh, you know some good things at times, and I think that uh, they probably view him as a potential key piece. I mean, we talked about this before, how valuable production on a rookie deal is at wide receiver, right? It's critical to roster building. So uh, I absolutely think he makes the team and uh, probably contributes a little too. I think a little people thought he was going to contribute a lot his rookie year. He didn't contribute a ton. There's a chance, in my opinion, that he contributes a lot this year when people didn't think he was going to contribute much. So um, stadium name, Jim Brown Stadium this year. I know the Browns are in between First Energy Stadium and uh, going back to Cleveland Brown Stadium now. I don't think they're going to call it Jim Brown Stadium, but I do wonder what they're going to do for him. Do you think it's just a number patch they'll put on or? I'm not sure what they'll do. I've seen some interesting ideas, like some helmet decals and things like that. It feels like a jersey patch situation to honor him, but I don't think they're going to go so far as to rename the stadium if it's stadium for a year. That comes from yeah. Raimito Six. Should have said that. So, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It feels like a jersey patch thing to me. I think they did that a, a while back. Was it when Carmen Policy passed away, or there was yeah, uh, some some patch was. that they wore back in the day? It it was a patch thing. Yeah, I don't know what they'll do. Uh, yeah, no, I I'll keep my mouth shut on on the topic. But yeah, w- whatever. It's cool. <laughs> whatever you want to yeah, do. There you go. Whatever you want to do. Uh, last question before we get out of here. This comes from Dave Pie. He asks, "I was just wondering, could a trade be possible after June first with Adams sending Amari Cooper to Las Vegas for Devonte Adams? I don't see how how." The, <laughs> Dave, I don't know how you got there on this one, but I don't know how they would, what the draw, the connection, why they would want to do that. Um, you know, Devontae's special, but I think Amari had a really good year. There's reasons yeah. to be really optimistic that he can continue to do it. Uh, I'm not sure the difference in age for those two. Do you Do you know? I think Amari's going to be 29 uh, this be. year. I don't he is 28 until June 17th. So he turns 29 June 17th. Devontae Adams is at 30 or over 30, I thought. He's currently 30. He'll play 30 this year and turn 31 on December 24th. So he's like a year-ish, year-and-a-half-ish older. Um, there's so many of these good wide receivers are 29 and 30 right now. Like Stephon Diggs is 29. Hopkins is 30. Tyreek Hill's 29. Yeah. It's an interesting cluster of guys around that weird age where you feel like they decline at the same rate as running backs and they don't. So you Mm-mm. think like, oh, my gosh, 30s. But it's like 32, 33, 34 is where wide receivers start to really slow down perpetuity. I mean, would you do a Devontae Adams for Amari Cooper trade if it was a swap, essentially? I think Devontae's better. I would probably do it, but I don't think that's a deal that would. What, how does that make sense for Vegas? Yeah, you know? I. It's a tough one. You he know, still I mean, put up fifteen hundred and sixteen yards and fourteen touchdowns last year. Yeah, incredible. we do. We would do yeah. that. Is he a Hall of Famer? That's the next question. He's got three Pro Bowls. No, for the so he had. He's been All Pro the last three straight seasons, and he has six Pro Bowls. He has. 9,637 yards in eight seasons. If he puts up another 1,500-yard type year and is an all-pro first-team guy again, I think he's in, right? Yeah, yep. He's right there. Uh, 
numbers-wise, he's right there on the brink of it, you know? I think he needs uh, one more catch big balls season. Balls from Jimmy Garoppolo, though. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough. That's like Mike Evans. I have, I have a couple buddies who are huge Tampa Bay fans. Oh, Mike boy. Evans has been every single season since Mike Evans has been in the NFL. 2014, he gets into the NFL. Mike also... Uh, interesting career when it'll come down to it. I don't think he'll be a Hall of Famer, but the, but I mean the guy in eight seasons has put up a thousand yards every year. Thousand, yeah. he has ten thousand four hundred twenty-five every single season. A thousand yards. He's gonna play the. He's another one of those guys in that same twenty-nine. He'll be he plays this year at thirty. Is the quarterback who kills wide receiver production gonna be the end of that? As I've been joking with them, I said, "Ain't no way." That he gets no way. another grand, but he could. I mean, didn't uh, didn't Odell in 2019 have a thousand with Mayfield? He, or am I wrong on that? Yes, no, he did. He barely broke, bare, barely <laughs> broke barely. a thousand. Was, 2019, he got to a thousand thirty-five and four touchdowns. It's yeah. the most disgruntled thousand forty-five ever. Yeah. Uh, my, I think Mike Evans has had a couple years where he's been. Yeah, he had a year, his fourth year in the league, he had a thousand one yards. And then in Ugh. 2020, he had a thousand six. Uh, that's crazy. He, you know, he fights injury so much, it seems he like, but yeah, he still gets to a thousand yards. That's crazy. He, but the thing is, he fights injuries a lot, but he's played 15, 15. Okay, so he had 15, 15, 16, 15. He's only had one year where he's played less than 15 games, he played 13 in 2019. That's hard to believe. It That's feels nuts. like it's hurt more than that. I think, yeah, I feel like Mike Evans is criminally underrated. Like, doesn't yeah, get talked about is. at all. He'll play. Yeah, he'll play at thirty this year. So that adds to the list of wide receivers who will be in that twenty-nine to thirty-year-old range. There's a bunch. It's of like them. they're all in weird spots. Like Evan, the only one I think I said, Tyree Kill and and um, uh, who's the other one? Stephon Diggs are fine because they're quarterbacks. Well. You know, Hill, if yeah. Tua can stop getting injured. But Adams, Hopkins, Mike are all dealing with really rough quarterback situations now. Yeah. So it's interesting. Amari Cooper, I don't think you're going anywhere. Like, that'd be a, a weird, uh, you know. But again, if Devontae Adams, you're asking, would, we, would you do a Devontae Adams for Amari Cooper? I would do it in a heartbeat, but it doesn't feel like yeah. that's happening. I also would be interested, what what is Devontae Adams' cap hit? Let's see that real quick before we it's start out be, of here, Brad. It's monstrous. It's got to be massive. Has to be. He signed that huge deal when he got traded. Huge there. deal. Oh my lord! Yeah, he's not going anywhere. He's like his thirty. It's like thirty. His dead cap. If they traded him post June one, it's actually not bad on a post June one trade. Really? Seven, but the cap number, oh, oh boy. The cap number this year is 14.7. 24, it's 25.3. 25, it's 44.1. 26, it's 44.1. So it was 33 crap. and 34 seasons are $44 million cap hits for the team that he would be on. Now, they could get out of it uh, and not murder the dead cap situation, but... They're not. No Still. one's trading for that contract. So if they could, like, could they cut him post June first? Yeah. So they they would go with with cutting him. He's going to be there for two more seasons. There's they're, they're not. 
They're not. Two things have to happen. First, they wouldn't cut him because the cut post June 1st is 30 million of dead cap this year, 24.7 million of dead cap next year. Good they could God. trade him post June 1st and it wouldn't be bad. But who's taking on that existing Nobody. contract? Even though, again, he just put up 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns. But yeah, I don't, I don't particularly see him. Uh, moving out of there so yeah that's what we got that's today's spot did we miss anything brad that you want to hit on no this is good those are uh you know uh those are all good questions astute questions good stuff good stuff like i said on my end i'll do this for saturday now on if you want to shoot me a twitter dm i'll also put out a tweet about this for questions we'll do a mailbag saturday until the season gets here but otherwise uh you know, we'll keep doing Sunday's things. I think I know about the Browns and, and, and that's, we're kind of doing a hybrid here, Brad yeah. now keep getting together and hopefully there's some more, but again, we're going to have to get creative because there's not a ton to talk about unless some, some silliness happens and we don't want any of that stuff to happen. So no. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, hey. we'll figure it out. We'll get more fun. I promise. OTAs this week. Yeah. So. See, we'll get some sound bites. We'll have some stuff to yuck it up on. Figure so. it out. All right, guys, hey, thanks for stopping by. We appreciate you being here, uh, joining us on a, on a Sunday podcast. Like I said, back to your regular scheduled programming and from my end for the upcoming week. Any uh, good guests coming up for you, Brad, on your end? Uh, Still efforting. Oh, as always. Always. As always. He's on the grind. All right. Check out the <laughs> check out the All Eyes on Cleveland podcast feed. Make sure you're subscribed. Leave five stars. Check out the OBR Film Breakdown. Leave a review on that one, too. Subscribe. We appreciate you guys a ton. Thanks for being here. For me, for Brad. Have a great Sunday, guys. Go Browns.